What's up, everyone? Andy here for this week's episode, this week's podcast. It'll be me by myself. Last week, we had my buddy Frankie Gomez on, and we had a great conversation. And one of the biggest things that I have continued to think about since then was and is and even I mean even to now just talking talking for this podcast was potential and realizing that it's it's exponentially it's 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 to infinity and if if you know anything about Neil deGrasse Tyson or have listened to any of his stuff he talks about there being multiple infinities and that there's a whole science behind that and I should probably write that down so I can so that when Justin comes back on when we get him back on probably closer to summertime or whenever he gets out of school we'll we'll talk we'll try to maybe hit some of that and then of course catch up with him but uh anyways multiple infinities and how that works anyways the 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 perception of potential i for me i think started back oh, a while back when when we start when i guess conversations started as far as you know, knowledge is power. And then people like Tony Robbins, and I don't know if Dr. Gross Tyson necessarily said it, but others begin to say, well, knowledge is potential power because you need to use it. And for me, honestly, that was just, I, I, I personally didn't think about it like that. It was just like, well, knowledge is power because that's, that's what we were raised on, uh, cartoons and all this other stuff. Or like, oh, knowledge of power, read more, study more, study harder, do this, go to school. And it's like, okay, like, good, all right. That that sounds like a good plan. And, you know, I think even Jordan Peterson, which we're going to get into some Jordan Peterson right now in a little bit. Um, if, if, if I can give my definitions based on what I've been raised on and what I thought was good, maybe uh, – what I thought was like, okay, this is the key. Like, knowledge is power. If I just have knowledge, then I'll be powerful. And it's like realizing, well, you use that knowledge. And, and then the next question that I thought of was like, well, are we using that knowledge? You know, if, if knowledge is, is now potential power, you know, how do we turn that potential into something, maybe something meaningful, maybe something that will make an impact? And through that, my, my initial answer was like, well, use the stuff. Use whatever. Like if you read a book, use it. And and I've now, as I've now scarfed and scaved through multiple, I mean, it's, it's for the most part nonfiction books. As I've gone through that, or as I've gone through those books, it's like, okay, how am I, how am I going to use this? Or And honestly, there's some things that where I'm like, oh, man, I've used this before. Or like I guess Wada Har will be a good example of man I though you know I've always talked about the wound and I keep harping on the wound. Um, it's like man I didn't realize that that was a reasoning to some of my actions. Even to you know last week we talked about where I played sports and I was in music and stuff. And it's like it's not that I didn't enjoy it. And I believe I said this even before the Frank Gomez episode. But it's not that I didn't enjoy it. But as I've continued to evaluate myself. And trying to think, okay, why do why did I do this? Why did I do that? And then remembering how I felt at moments in my in my youth, you know, youth being under uh, younger than ten years old, it's like, man, it 
it really turned out, or at least for me, my, my, I guess my theory, not really conclusion, but, or maybe conclusion to my theory was that, you know, when I was younger, I played sports because I, I felt that I needed to, it was something that I needed to do, but also my question to myself then, of course, and of course I was, I was, you know, to ask myself something then, I don't know what the answer would be obviously, but it's like, were you doing it? For only that, like for only the reasons of playing the sport, or was it because you wanted the attention of your of your dad? You know, uh, I've I've talked about my my situation. You know, in in a good I think a good scope where it's like, well, that that was just, and I, I have no, you know, I, I feel like I or I I think that some people might hold grudges or they hold resentment because of this, or because of they were because of how they were raised. But what I realized is like, well, that that's the way it was. And the the book that helped me get through the fact of like your parents actually do care and they're actually trying whether you think so or not is the book captivating. There's a part I think towards the latter of the story where Stacy talks about her and her mom and rekindling their friendship or their relationship period uh, because I, I think it was her mom that had cancer and they didn't have a gr- the greatest up or she didn't have the greatest upbringing with her mom. But anyways, you know let's let's go, let's go back to, let's go back to potential. Because it's like, okay, how, how do you, how, what do you do? How, how do you, this knowledge that's potential power, how do you go about it? And, and then, so by this time I had already read extreme ownership, at least, at least two times, at least two or three times. And it's like, well, use the principles, you know, prioritize and execute. Okay. I'm stressed out. Can I prioritize and execute here? Yes. What's the most important thing I need to do? Okay, good. Um, Leading up, or yeah, leading up and down the chain of command. I'm not the boss of the Eddie Signs Music Project. So it's like, hey, Eddie, what do you think about this? Hey, man, don't you think this might be better? Or hey, man, you're, you should probably think about this twice. And then working down. Hey, man, what's what's going on? Your, 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 your body language is showing something different than what you're actually saying. And maybe we'll talk about it later. Maybe we won't. But, you know, even using that, you know, using these things to to figure out okay which one or figuring out you know in particular the book of extreme ownership to then actually use them out and out in the real world real world uh i need to work on that uh another example i can give is the tony robbins book it's like i'll say it's one of his newer books it's called unshakable and there he gives Several chapters leading up to how to start your investment and what, how, how you how you can how you can start. What's the best option to start, and and how to deal with a bull market, how to deal with a bear market, how to deal with corrections that happen at least once a year. Which I think we just had a correction maybe two weeks ago, and it's funny because I didn't I didn't know what was going. I think the Dow was down or so, or something was down, and. And it happened to be the week leading up to having Frankie on, and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, man, the, you know, we're talking a little, a little bit about investing. And then I was like, I'm like, correction, I'm like, ah, oh, you're good. I mean, we're good then. Like, it's not a big deal. So then I showed him, I showed him my investments. I'm like, here, here, here's what the correction did to my, to my stuff. And he's like, that's it. I'm like, dude, that's it. And it, it it's so easy. So anyways, like unshakable. You know, reading that book, like, okay, I read this book, good. Now, how am I using it? Okay, I started my first investment. It'll be a year in May that I've 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 been investing into the stock market, and uh, essentially, I mean that's that's all I have. I think I have sh- like short-term bonds, and I have 
most of it's stock. Most of it's stock in companies, and and I use an index fund through Vanguard, which is the Vanguard index fund, which like the expense rates are amazing. Where the example I can give you is usually if you go through, let's just say E Trade or something like that, they're gonna charge you upwards of 0.85 percent of your investment, like as far as expense ratio. And right now, I'm even getting even at as low as the amount as I have in the in the company and companies. I'm only getting charged 0.15. And once I move up the brackets, like there's like different like levels. At least that's what I'm calling them. I'm not saying that that's what they are. But when I, once I move up different levels, then um, I get my expense ratio lowered as I go. So I'm I'm really looking forward to doing that. And then, and then, I mean, essentially I'm just paying less on taxes and whatnot so that I can have more money for myself. And I learned that through the book Unshakable by Tony Robbins. I'll post, for now, I'll post both of these books, or I guess three, I've talked about four books now that I've read that really, really, really have have made an impact in the sense of, okay, I've I've now used them for myself and now I'm, help, I'm telling others about these books or I'm telling others, hey, I read this in, in this, I read this particular thing that I'm talking about in this book and this is probably why you should read it. And I mean, whether people read it or not, you know, that's up to you. It's up, it's up to you. But um, the point is potential and, and how that's stuck with me up and through, up until now, uh, post-conversation with Frankie. It's like, man, you know, because my question really is now, like, well, what is my potential? What, what, what else, what else do I want to do? What do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish you know, am I, I don't know, I just, because it's, because it's to infinity, I just feel like I'm not done, and I, I mean, obviously, I, I'll, I guess it'll be obvious that I see it for myself as that's not a bad thing, you know, there's a book called Poke the Box that, by Seth Godin, and I just, I just read that one maybe a few weeks ago too, a little less than a month ago. And it's a, that, one, that one's actually a quick read. That one you can you can you should be able to escape. Anybody can read through that one. You know, within a few hours. It's it's, Godin's a very interesting writer when it comes to putting out books, and and he does really well with it. But going through that book, you know, the title it's all in the title. Anyways, I don't, I don't need to. I don't need. I don't even need to go too much into the book. It's just like poke the box, poke. You know, do a project and see what happens. And it's interesting because as I'm reading this book, I'm like, man, like, that's kind of what the podcast is. And it's kind of evolved into what it is now in having some video content where I get the audio and I talk about it, whether it's with Brian, whether it's here by myself. And then getting that opportunity to for where schedules line up, where it's like I have someone like Frankie Gomez come in. He's, he's a fourth-year medical student. You know, if you need, if you want to go back to, to episode 57 and listen to that, you can. And so transversing you know going transitioning transversing through both of those types of uh conversations and and really insight you know even yesterday i was having breakfast with my dad and we were talking he said he's listened to a couple not all of it not all the episodes or like as far as uh, not listening through the entire episode but he's gone in here and there because he's he's kind of curious as to why or he's curious as to how I can talk so long or like, or we're going to have someone here and we're here for, you know, let's say an hour and a half, two hours, even an hour, but we don't, we don't stop talking for an hour. He's like, you know, how, how do we go about that? And, and he's like, he's, he says he's, 
he claims he's set in his own ways, but yet he's beginning to get, get, gain a curiosity into what I do for the podcast. Like, well, you know, that that's good. Because whether he thinks so, or at least, okay, from my perspective, whether he thinks so or not, is that he's he's getting curious. And I was like, well, man, man what, what are they talking about? And through that, what, what I ended up telling him was like, well, you can, I mean, besides quote unquote learning about something or a different principle, it's like, well, actually these principles for the most part have been around for a long time. You know, one of the principles from extreme ownership, take the high ground, which is, it's a military term. You know, you, you want to be at the top of the mountain, not the bottom, you know, you have the better vantage point. You're not looking up, you know, trying to find where somebody is. You're looking down and you're able to see a way bigger picture. Um, and that's like, I, that goes with detachment too. But anyways, what I told him was like, well, I feel like if you listen to the podcast now, yes, I, I may be bringing something that, that might be new to you, might be new to you, but more than likely the only reason why I have it on the episodes now is because it's something that's clicked with me. I'm like, oh man, either I've, I've, and I said this multiple times, but either I've thought about it before, it's something that like, oh man, I, we can really use this. I can, I can use this or I've already used it and like, I feel like I can talk about it now because I have experience with it. And that's why even this, this little evolution of me doing an episode of myself, which I've only done maybe a few, I don't even think I've done a handful of them, but it's like there's some stuff here and I, I've said it with Brian here where, you know, it, it's gotten to a point where... The stuff that I'm learning is like, well, I'm the one learning it. How can I expect Brian to, to just come off the cuff and be like, oh yeah, I've done that too. It's like, well, I, I can't, I, I can't expect that from somebody if if it's if this is a principle that only I know how to, how I've done with dealt with it. Now, there's been a couple of episodes where I do give the guys the questions. Like I think I have one, I've had one with Eddie and Brian back on. I think maybe the year one, number fifty two. And I showed him the questions and kind of the stuff that I wanted to talk about, you know, beforehand. And even that was, that's a rarity, you know, that, that, that I give that type of information. Cause usually, usually that in itself creates a glass ceiling and I don't want that. So anyways, going back to the point of, of the podcast and, and poking the box, it's like, yeah, poke the box. See what, what. And for me, I, I kind of take it to an extreme. It's like, okay, what am, what am I going to get out of somebody that they didn't know they could do themselves? Or that maybe they didn't believe it. Maybe they don't, maybe they only have one perspective. Maybe it's real narrow. You know, there's multiple scopes of poking the box. So I try to see which ones have kind of stuck with me. And for me, it's frankly, for the most part in the book, he talks about shipping a product, whether it's a service or otherwise. It's like, you know, poke the box, ship, ship, you know, try, try it out, fail, fail again, fail again. And for me, it's like, well, I'm in certain conditions where I'm like, okay, let me let me test the waters. Let me see, let me see what this person that I'm working with, let me see what they're really about. Let me see where their values sit. Let me see where. Let me see where. Where, I can. I'm trying to think of because because it's not. I'm not. I'm not even. I wouldn't even say I'm flanking. Flanking is a term that Jocko uses. Um, uh, for my own right, because right now the stuff that I'm working on, which is essentially my workout route, my my workouts period, I'm trying to get better on my diet. I've been I've been, you know, admittedly failing horribly on my diet, but I'm working on it. You know, every day. Um, and then Eddie, the Eddie, you know, Eddie's Eddie's project. It's like okay, if I believe in the project, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. 
And and that that's that's for sure one of my macros that I've realized now. It's like okay, if I believe in the if I believe in the not not so much the pro I mean the process obviously, but if I believe in the 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 organization as a whole, if the if, if the foundation is good, if the material is good in this case songwriting and 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 production of music, if I feel it. If I feel that the want is strong enough, then okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. But then again, that's where I'm gonna poke the box. I'm like, okay, well let's let's see, let's let's see what do you really want here? What do you really want to get? And then trying to kind of go with with just good questions to help them maneuver. Um, we have about a little bit left, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna shift over to that that Jordan Peterson video, which I I will have obviously in the show notes, and then um, the the audio will take us out for the day. But that like even last night we were at practice and uh we had finished one of the songs that we we're learning for actually for tonight you'll hear it you'll hear, tonight will be a hibbly so you'll you'll be able to hear it um but gonzo asked eddie he's like hey man so how how are we gonna end it and then eddie's like well how we ended it right now and eddie and he's like yeah but how are we gonna end it the way we're gonna do it right now and i think it was kind of like a back and forth because it seems so simple probably i mean probably in eddie's i'm like eddie you're saying how we ended it right now. So how did we end it right now? Like, what did we do? Did we do? Did we do this change? Did we do that change? You know what are we doing? And then he's like, he's like, "Fuck you, Walker." I'm like, man, like I'm, I'm, at, and that, that, that's my perfect example of poking the box. Like, well, hold on, Gonzo, you want to know this, Eddie? It may sound simple, or it may sound uh, clearer to you. It's like, okay, wait, Eddie, it, walk me through the outro walk me through how this how you want this ending to go and then we'll go from there and we did it and then it got cleared up it's like okay we're good all right guys let's, let's you know let's do it again or whatever and then we got and we moved on or what, whatever we did i can't remember what we did after that but the point was that i recall that i'm recalling right now was of okay what it what was it you know you know was it, let's just i'm just giving a, a, an example it was like okay did we did we do three chords and or do we do like three measures and then stop there or do we do a push you know there's several terms i don't want to get too detailed into the into the terminology but the point is like asking the question and poking for me poking the box of like okay man it may sound like it's like it's plain black and white but it might not be and that's that's where i chime in is like okay hold on let, let's clear this up and let's go let's, let's move forward after we get this cleared up because one of my ticks for sure is clarity because i be and it's only it's only a tick because it's it's what i'm going through right now it's like okay people are changing the definitions people are changing definitions period there people are thinking one way versus another way and then and then there ends up being an argument when really there shouldn't be an argument it's like okay if i can if i can remain detached between two other parties and then ask the better ask the best question i can possibly come up with then we can come up to an answer everybody's happy and we can move forward Anyhow, that's my, that's what's been on my brain for these past seven days. And even now, I, it's, it's still an, it's an ongoing thing. So, I will, so now I will transition to some Jordan Peterson. So that we can further think about potential and and some of the main things is that Jordan Peterson will talk about that you hear is suffering versus potential, and that's that's I believe that that's the title of the video is suffering versus full 
full potential, what can you accomplish? And he goes into a little, he goes into a little bit of math and whatnot, and it's like okay, you know, let, let let's uh, let's really let's really figure out potential, and and figure out okay, are are you where you want to be, or not? And and for me, it's very simple like that. And the reason why I'm not gonna give more questions is because I believe that Jordan brings in a lot of great questions that we can use for ourselves to then get better. So uh, don't forget to, if you want to chat, I'm on Twitter at Andy underscore 1844. Movingwithlive.co is the website. has some general stuff on there as far as uh, what the foundation of Moving With Life is. And we'll see you guys next week. There's three reasons why you suffer, and one is, well, look at you and the way you're built. It's inevitable. There's not very much of you, and there's a lot of everything else. And so, you just don't last that long, and you're fragile across multiple domains, and then you're harshly treated by society, and there's no doubt about that. And then there's responsibility that can be laid at your own feet. Well, the existential take on that, and the thing that all these diverse people that we've been talking about, including Viktor Frankl, and including Alexander Solzhenitsyn, as well as um, uh, Kierkegaard, Nietzsche, and Dostoevsky, and the people that I've already talked to you about, is that the proper pathway through that is to adopt the mode of authentic being. And that is something like refusing to participate in the lie, in deception and the lie, to orient your speech as much as you can towards the truth. And to take responsibility for your own life, and perhaps also for the lives of other people. And there's something about that that's meaningful, and responsible, and noble, but also serves to mitigate the very suffering that produces, say, the nihilism, or the flee into the arms of, flee, or, or, the, or the escape into the arms of totalitarians to begin with. You need something to shelter you against your own vulnerability. And you can adopt a comprehensive description of reality that's formulated for you by someone else that neatly divides the world into those who are innocent and perhaps innocent victims and those who are guilty and perhaps the perpetrators of the suffering but none of that has anything to do with you and in addition it's simply not it's not a reasonable way of assessing the world that the suffering is built in so that's why the, there's an existentialist insistence upon that, so that for the Freudians, the psychoanalysts, and even for people like Carl Rogers to some degree, if you're in a situation that's characterized by psychopathology, if there's something wrong with you mentally, that's a consequence of something gone wrong. But that's not the existentialist take. The existentialist take is, no, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. You don't have to necessarily have done anything wrong for things to get completely out of control. It's a terrifying doctrine, but it's not a hopeless doctrine because it still says that there's a way forward, there's a pathway forward, and the pathway forward is to adopt a mode of being that has some nobility, so that you can tolerate yourself and perhaps even have some respect for yourself as someone who's capable of standing up in the face of that terrible vulnerability and suffering, and that the pathway forward, as far as the existentialists are concerned, is by well, certainly by the avoidance of deceit, particularly in language, but also by the adoption of responsibility for the conditions of existence and some attempt on your part to actually rectify them. And the thing that's so interesting about that is, well, two, as far as I'm concerned, and some of this is from clinical experience, you know, if you take people 
and I've told you this, and you expose them voluntarily to things that they are avoiding and are afraid of, you know, that they know they need to overcome in order to meet their goals, their self-defined goals. If you can teach people to stand up in the face of the things they're afraid of, they get stronger. And you don't know what the upper limits to that are, because you might ask yourself, like, if for 10 years, if you didn't avoid doing what you knew you needed to do, by, the def by your own definitions, right, within the value structure that you've created to the degree that you've done that, what would you be like? Well, you know, there are remarkable people who come into the world from time to time, and there are people who do find out over decades-long periods what they could be like if they were who they were, if they said, if they spoke their being forward. And they get stronger and stronger and stronger, and we don't know the limits to that. We do not know the limits to that. And so you could say, well, in part, perhaps the reason that you're suffering unbearably can be left at your feet, because you're not everything you could be, and you know it. And of course, that's a terrible thing to admit, and it's a terrible thing to consider, but there's real promise in it, right? Because it means that perhaps there's another way that you could look at the world and another way that you could act in the world so what it would reflect back to you would be much better than what it reflects back to you now and then the second part of that is well imagine that many people did that because we've done a lot as human beings we've done a lot of remarkable things and I've told you already I think before that today for example about 250,000 people will be lifted out of abject poverty and about 300,000 people attached to the electrical power grid we're making people, we're lifting people out of poverty collectively at a faster rate that's ever occurred in the history of humankind by a huge margin. And that's been going on unbelievably quickly since the year 2000. The UN had pl planned to have poverty between 2000 and 2015, and it was accomplished by 2013. So there's inequality developing in many places, and you hear lots of political agitation about that. But overall, the the tide is lifting everyone up, and that's a great thing, and we have no idea how fast we could multiply that if people got their act together and really aimed at it. Because, you know, my, my experience is with people that we're probably running at about 51% of our capacity. Something, I mean, you can think about this yourselves. I often ask undergraduates how many hours a day you waste, or how many hours a week you waste, and the classic answer is something like four to six hours a day. You know, inefficient studying, uh, watching things on YouTube that not only do you not want to watch, that you don't even care about, that make you feel horrible about watching after you're done, that's probably four hours right there. You know, you think, well, that's 20, 25 hours a week, it's 100 hours a month, that's two and a half full work weeks, it's half a year of work weeks per year. And if your time is worth $20 an hour, which is a radical underestimate, it's probably more like 50, if you think about it in terms of deferred wages, if you're wasting 20 hours a week, you're wasting $50,000 a year, and you are doing that right now, and it's because you're young, wasting $50,000 a year is a way bigger catastrophe than it would be for me to waste it, because I'm not going to last nearly as long. And so if your life isn't everything it could be, you could ask yourself, well, what would happen if you just stopped wasting the opportunities that are in front of you? You'd be, who knows how much more efficient, 10 times more efficient, 20 times more efficient. That's the Pareto distribution. You have no idea how efficient, efficient people get. It's completely, it's off the charts. Well, and if we all got our act together collectively, and stopped making things worse, because that's another thing people do all the time, not only do they not do what they should to make things better, they actively attempt to make things worse because they're spiteful or resentful or arrogant or deceitful or 
or homicidal or genocidal or all of those things all bundled together in an absolutely pathological package if people stopped really really trying just to make things worse we have no idea how much better they would get just because of that so there's this weird dynamic that's part of the existential system of ideas between human vulnerability social judgment both of which are, 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 are major causes of suffering and the failure of individuals to adopt the responsibility that they know they should adopt and that's the thing that's interesting too is that and like one of the, another thing I've often asked my undergraduate classes is you know there's this idea that, that people have that people have a conscience and you know what the conscience is it's, it's this feeling or voice you have in your head just before you do something that you know is stupid telling you that probably you shouldn't do that stupid thing you don't have to listen to it strangely enough but you go ahead and do it anyways and then of course exactly what the conscience told you was going to happen inevitably happens so that you feel even stupider about it than you would if it happened by accident because you, you know I knew this was going to happen I got a warning it was going to happen and I went and did it anyways and the funny thing too is that that conscience operates within people and we really don't understand what the hell that is so you might say well what would happen if you abided by your conscience for five years or for ten years what sort of position might you be in what sort of family might you have what sort of relationship might you be able to forge and you can be bloody sure that a relationship that's forged on the basis of who you actually are is going to be a lot stronger and more welcome than one that's forged on the basis of who you aren't now of course that means that the person you're with has to deal with the full force of you in all your ability and your catastrophe and that's a very very difficult thing to negotiate but if you do negotiate it well at least you you have something you have somewhere solid to stand and you have somewhere to live you have a real life and it's a great basis upon which to bring children into the world for example because you can have an actual relationship with them instead of torturing them half to death which is what happens in a tremendous a tremendously large minority of cases well it's more than that too because and this is what I'll close with and this is why I wanted to introduce Solzhenitsyn's writings to you you see because it isn't merely that your fate depends on whether or not you get your act together and to what degree you decide that you're going to live out your own genuine being it isn't only your fate it's the fate of everyone that you're networked with and so you know you think well there's nine billion seven billion people in the world we're going to peak at about nine billion by the way and then it'll decline rapidly but seven billion people in the world and who are you you're just one little dust moat among that seven billion and so it really doesn't matter what you do or don't do but that's simply not the case it's the wrong model because you're at the center of a network you're a node in a network of course that's even more true now that we have social media you'll, you, you'll know a thousand people at least over the course of your life and they'll know a thousand people each and that puts you one person away from a million and two persons away from a billion and so that's how you're connected and the things you do they're like dropping a stone in a pond the ripples move outward and they affect things in ways that you can't fully comprehend and it means that the things that you do and that you don't do are far more important than you think and so if you act that way of course the terror of realizing that is that it actually starts to matter what you do and you might say well that's better than living a meaningless existence it's better for it to matter but I mean if you really asked yourself would you be so sure if you had the choice I can live with no responsibility whatsoever the price I pay is that nothing matters 
or I can reverse it and everything matters but I have to take the responsibility that's associated with that it's not so obvious to me that people would take the meaningful path now when you say, well nihilists suffer dreadfully because there's no meaning in their life and they still suffer yeah, but the advantage is they have no responsibility so that's the payoff, and I actually think that's the motivation say, well I can't help being nihilistic, all my belief systems have collapsed it's like, yeah, maybe maybe you've just allowed them to collapse because it's a hell of a lot easier than acting them out and the price you pay is some meaningless suffering, but you can always whine about that and people will feel sorry for you and you have the option of taking the pathway of the martyr, so that's a pretty good deal, all things considered especially when the, when the alternative is to bear your burden properly and to live forthrightly in the world well, what Solzhenitsyn figured out, and so many people in the 20th century, it's not just him, even though he's the best example is that if you live a pathological life, you pathologize your society and if enough people do that, then it's hell really, really and you can read the Gulag Archipelago if you have the fortitude to do that and you'll see exactly what hell is like and then you can decide if that's a place you'd like to visit or even more importantly, if it's a, light, if it's a place you'd like to visit and take all your family and friends because that's what happened in the 20th century